Hello and welcome to the last in season five. This is episode 10 of the 361 Degrees podcast. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. The last one in the series. We've made it to series five, that gentlemen. Is, I am really <laughs> pleased. I know. So that is now, uh, well, it's well over 50 hours of audio. It is, if you sat down and listened to all of the 361 podcasts, then your family will leave you because that takes a, <laughs> a very long period of time. Do but, you think anyone listens to these going to sleep? I think all the, both the listeners <laughs> listen to them going to sleep. Because I, I, I listen to In Our Time podcasts yeah. a lot. Um, and sometimes I listen to ours. I'm not sure. Do you so listen to ours? You know when they're going to sleep, but I think you can send them to sleep sometimes. Of course, I listen to ours. I edit the damn thing. Right. All right. Well, Blamford, you? Of course. Yeah. Anyways, right. um, I, I also. I always that. admire how intelligent Ben and Ewan sound. I, I've yeah. actually now this this month blown out my data allowances on my O2 sim again because I've been listening to loads of podcasts in the car. Now I can plug the thingy in to make the sound come ah, out because you've got your new unbranded because I've got my new new car and I love it. Except that I hadn't realised that my podcast client was streaming all of the audio, not downloading it. Oh. Ooh. So that's been fun. Anyways, uh, last in the season. So party party f- atmosphere around here. Rafe has a party popper. Uh, Ewan has cracked open half a Diet Coke. And um, this is the Ask Us Anything episode. Uh, a few weeks mm. ago, we asked you to submit uh, your questions. And uh, we have gathered them together, the finest and the most select bunch. And we are going to answer them. Now, we've got a ton of questions, guys, which makes yep. me think that what we should have done is actually listen to people asking questions maybe during the series. But fear, fear you not. We'll come back to that in season six and maybe right. slightly more interactive. But we have a ton of questions and we're going to rattle through them really quickly. Um, if we don't give your question the time it deserves, we're sorry, but we're going to try and fit everyone's in and cover a broader amount of stuff. Yeah, or it was a rubbish question. Or it was a rubbish question. And, and the uh, usual disclaimer that the uh, information is, I think as Ben says, worth what you paid for it. Information so <laughs> this, is, this is very much all coming off the cuff and we've got to sound knowledgeable about a variety of topics. Well, which I haven't even harder than usual. Exactly. And you should not make investment decisions based on the content of this no. podcast. Podcast value might go up as well. Down your home is risky if you're not keeping repayments on it. And Ben's already looked at the questions and been thinking about them all day, which seems a little unfair if you I ask haven't. me, Ewan. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't have a clue what the questions are. But are we doing a thing of the week? No, no, no thing of the week this all week right. because there is so much content. In fact, so much stuff that we should stop talking about how much stuff there is and actually talk about it. Oh, um, okay. Okay, so um, in no particular order, we'll just take these, take these chronologically. Nice variety. Um... At HF underscore SBF5. Come on. Oh, come on. Well, no, no, the, the reason I say that is, is the, the gentleman's name on Twitter is Fluoroantimonic Acid. That's his username. Nice. But he sent us a sensible question, so we should I, treat I like him with the respect he deserves. Sensible, um, sensible listener. So he says, at 361 Podcast, looks like the Nexus 4 just came, became the best mid-range phone in some countries. Does anything else come close for value for money? Well, first of all, um, let's just recap. This was the r- massive price cut that the Nexus 4 just got, and if memory serves, certainly in the UK, it came down to about... £159 for the 8 gigabyte version, 199 for the 16 gigabyte R- version. Rafe Blanford is here with all of the facts. That's good because... Thank you, Rafe. Um, and... Uh, I think as we took, as we speak, certainly the eight gigs sold out, but the sixteen gig is still available. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, you and McLeod, two hundred quid for a sixteen gig Nexus Four. I think this is it's what I was hoping we would get to with Google. Google. Do you remember when they launched their first store, the first Nexus store? I was hoping we'd be getting to that level of value for yeah, a really, really good device for an excellent price point. Is it, um, Rafe, Rafe is making a face, but is it a problem that it doesn't have any of the skins that Samsung or HTC or anything put on their devices? No, being a, a sort of Google untouched device is very it's nice. Benefit, right? 
But I would say when you get down to that price point, you're getting there for a reason. That's because some of the components aren't great. And so, for example, no micro SD card slot, not a very good camera. The screen is okay. So when you're talking about value, it's it, it's a tricky thing to talk about. Yes, it's mm-hmm. excellent price for that handset and that particular combination. There are better value handsets out there because you can go a little bit cheaper. I think there might be. A, would, there there be a, a would there be a Nokia? Would there be a Nokia handset? Okay, Blanford. Rafe Blanford. Here is two hundreds of pounds of my own imaginary money. Which handset would you buy to be the best overall on the market, regardless of, of any you know kind of ecosystem considerations or anything else? Where are you buying it from? I'm buying it. Uh, I'm going to buy it in the UK, and I'm going to buy it new retail. New retail. See, that's a bit of a, a cop out because you can't <laughs> buy this. Uh, <laughs> Did you see that? Nexus Four UK I'm... retail like that. You have to do it online. That's what I mean. Online retail is fine, yeah. but what I mean is I don't mean the second hand market because that's not a fair and non-contract. Yeah. Come on, Blanford, answer. Tell you what, when you don't like the question, just mm. just just criticise it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Politician, I, see, that's not the context. I think we should. Not I, the question I think you have to look at some of the other Android handsets out there, and I would have thought the Huawei handsets mm-hmm. provide better mm-hmm. value for money overall. Because um, this, it's ne- tricky. I, I've got to imagine the Nexus Four is pretty much at cost here. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes, probably you could make a good argument. This was the best value handset. If you're just looking at value for money, though, you have to look at the £100 smartphones because I think that's that's the sweet spot. And there are a couple of Samsung devices around there. There's Huawei. There's also ZTE do some really interesting handsets. There's the Windows phone, Nokia One. Uh, Microsoft devices? Yeah, the Nokia 5, Lumia 520. The Microsoft devices? Um, well, yes, now Microsoft. Thank you, Ewan, for yeah, that. Just yeah, yes. dig in a little bit more. Uh, so, yes, I do think it's fantastic value, yeah. but you can't look at it in isolation. And I would say most people don't buy handsets like that SIM-free, especially when you're talking about that value part of the market. Now, um, now th- this, uh, um, this, this chap is a frequent commenter, and I'm going to butcher his name, and I apologise to him. Uh, for, I do not mean any respect. But first of all, question one, will there come a day when users can choose which mobile OS will they will install on their phone? And question two, why won't Google build or allow Microsoft to build apps for Google services? Is surely the base of Windows Phone users is significant enough, and this is a question from O. Carl Young. So, uh, okay. Ewan, um, w- will you ever in- will you ever choose which OS to install on your phone? Yeah, no, I don't know. I can see that happening, but I wonder if we'll be actually choosing what framework to use. So, I don't know about operating system. I, I hope we can just get to uh, a point whereby that's just done and agreed and we're actually talking about the the user interface the user experience that you choose you say i I like the android experience or no i'd like the apple experience but all running the same underlying hardware i think that's where i think we can get to pretty quickly rafe blanford uh not on the operating system level the most you'll get uh, which you're already getting from some chinese oems is choosing which skins to have and um, it's one of the OEMs whose name escapes me. Will actually give you a choice between having their own skin or having the Google version of right. Android, and that's kind of getting to that point. But no, you won't sort of have dual boot or a choice between something like Windows Phone, Android, basically because neither company would want that to happen. Rafe Blanford, uh, Google Services. Uh, well, I suppose the first thing to say is that the base of Windows Phone installed users, and I'm not having a pop here, is still tiny yes. in the grand scheme of things uh even though 30 know, to 40 million yeah but i mean it's, it's a big absolute number but it's a small relative to any other number in that category um what's going what's going on here with the relationship between microsoft and google well, well google talks about it not being mm. uh, big enough i think that's a bit disingenuous given that they are doing stuff on various set-top boxes on 
Blackberry and other things. I think it's purely about the fact that there is an ecosystem battle strategic, going on right, between yeah. uh, Microsoft and Google. It's strategic, and at the moment, they can afford to ignore it and not be pillaged for it too much. Yeah. The fact they're blocking Microsoft from doing it themselves kind of only reinforces that view. But honestly, it's good business sense. I mean, if you're, you've got Microsoft, who is a big threat to them, probably in some ways bigger than Apple in the long term, you're going to do everything you can to block them, assuming I, it's legal. I'd just like some honesty. I'd just like to say, no, you don't use their services because ours are better than yours. Get lost. Make your own. That's what you get from Apple. You yeah. just get, no. no. Yeah. And the, the, trouble, yeah. the trouble for Google is uh, it gets to the point where it becomes anti-competitive. And with YouTube, mm-hmm. you're probably in that scenario already yeah. because YouTube is dominant, no question about it. And they're using their monopoly in one area, uh, abusively in another area. Very hard to prosecute that. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't really give advice. But Breaking news, Rafe Blanford turns out not to be a lawyer. Well, there we go. Uh, but I think it's more, something that's going to come up. Um, more, 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 more. News, more news on professional qualifications Rafe Blanford does not hold coming later in the podcast. Stay Excellent. tuned, kids. Excellent. <laughs> I, I think it'll actually get to the point where Google will have to do it because it'll get big enough yep. and they'll get, you know, It'll be a legal thing sooner or later. Next question from Pedro, Pedro Stefano. Uh, he says, um, I use much mobile data. Yes, me make a big, heap of big data usage. Um, uh, Hold both- on a minute. Is Pedro just... You know, not a native English speaker. Uh, I think he's Australian, actually. I've had right. conversations with him previously, and a jolly nice chap. Um, I, just u- missing out I use much words. mobile data, both 3G and MiFi 3G, yet I'm not minded to go 4G due to fear of the data cap I, if I use it unhindered. Is my dilemma common? Uh, well, I'm going to pick up on this and say, yes, I think the lack of enthusiasm in the UK for the 4G tariffs that um, EE have been offering to date is entirely because of low data caps, high costs, and consumer uncertainty. Um, I think particularly power users like yourself and myself will also actually stick with 3G for the moment because there are some cracking deals to be had and HSDPA+, plus, or I'm going to get the acronym wrong, but the really fast 3G, frankly, is really pretty fast indeed. And Dual carry HSDPA. That's the one, Ref Blanford to the rescue. Um, and so I think many people who, who value a kind of a, a, a high high speed but unlimited will take that small compromise and also... My experience, well, you and you've been using more mm-hmm. 4G than I have, but my my observation of people using 4G is that the performance, when it's good, is good, but when it's bad, it's very bad. I've got a team of 10 at the minute. They're all working on 4Gs just because we couldn't get an internet connection in the office, and it's working beautifully. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned. It's quite – the top end is very clear. Where, um, when you run out of, of data, the thing just stops working. You've got to go on top up. I don't think that's a problem, and it's uh, – I've actually been getting a lot of utility. I'm quite happy paying more because the utility is there. It is super fast. I, but I think, though, that, that people who are nervous about caps and, and predictability of billing... No, what cap? Do you mean having I mean, predictability of billing? So yeah. you pay for 8 gig, 20 yeah. quid, 8 gig, gig, for example, and then after, once you use up that 8 gig, it starts working. You don't get yeah, but then billed, you, but, you just have to buy more. But the, exactly, but that's predictability but of billing. But you control that. With, but if you, if you're if you're if you, if your habit is to use a lot of data, and then three weeks into your four week billing cycle, you run out of data, you you either have to stop using data, change your habit, massive yeah. pain in the backside, yeah. or you have to pay more. And so so you're perfectly fine if you want the standard experience, stay with three G. But if you want it faster, and tell me, you do go and look at it. It is really fast. It's brilliant. It is really fast, but yeah. it's really fast to burn up. So yeah. I think I think for the mass yeah, but, market... But I'm loving that when I'm burning it up because I'm getting the utility of well, it. But I think the question was, is that a common feeling that you might have kind of wariness about data costs? I think, yes, absolutely you will. Oh, but I think we've got I, over I think, that. And we've not got over the, the clarity no, of it Normal people, right? not you, Ewan. 
So of course you're willing to spend more money. And most most people will go, if you can use 4G, I think the other issue here is that 4G has limited deployment in some countries. The UK is a good example. If you live outside London and the sort of 100 EE cities, you're going to be dropping back to 3G. So the sense that I'm paying for a 4G connection but never get to use it is a bit of a problem as well. And that's yeah. just like the early days of 3G. And you and I, Rafe, both live in relatively rural places that don't have any 4G yet. Um, I'm tempted don't to have buy, any 3G either. Well, I'm temp- I was tempted to, <laughs> to take a 4G tariff recently, but but just figured that you know the, on the few occasions I passed through somewhere with 4G, it wasn't. It wasn't worth it, and I have to pay the premium all the time. Heathens, both of you. Uh, Joseph Fallon uh, via Google Plus. Please don't use Google. Don't encourage them, for goodness' sake. Um, <laughs> ARPU's been falling here in Ireland. Uh, where is the next cash cow for operators now that there are widespread free or cheap alternatives to SMS and voice? Is it just specific 4G tariffs? Well, I think that yes, the 4G is the most obvious thing to milk, like Billio, and in the UK, um, I think EE did whilst they had the monopoly, and I think actually that um, the other operators are also charging, you know, a relatively high amount. It's 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 only one network that said that they won't charge a premium for tree. it, and they'll be the last one. Tree, yeah, and they'll be the last ones. I apologise for all our Irish listeners. Right. Um, so, assuming that the answer is yes, they will milk 4G. What else could be the new revenue streams for operators? And I think where the next revenue stream comes from is making sure people have multiple sims and paying an extra five pounds a month and then maybe pooling yeah, data between multiple devices. They're beginning devices. to do this, but they do, it's just taking a long time. I think yeah. it's oh, a bit it's, too late it, now, isn't it? It's a little while away, but you know, you're going to have multiple devices that are connected and I think most people will be fairly happy paying a couple of extra quid well, to then get, share oh, a, a data minute, pool. Vodafone do that free. Now I've been screaming them to do this. They'll actually give you two sims. Yeah, but when I say we're we're talking maybe five or six sims... Uh, um, yeah. I think it, in same time, number and all those. Uh, because it's you know, but it's, it's, it's irrelevant now. WhatsApp's fixed it. it yes, but I'm you actually know. thinking about non-mobile devices. Fine. So yeah, yeah. it could be tablets and that, that, well, that's In terms of messaging, that's not a problem anymore, right? Well, WhatsApp needs to make it available. Oh, it, on, on yeah, tablets, I mean, it, the, the, the extra sims is going to be all about the data connection, and I think you can look at things like telematics, you know, in the car, yeah. uh, home automation. And, you know, AT&T is starting to do that in the States, having smart light switches or immersion. I think there's quite a bit mm-hmm. of potential there, basically, because there's a whole lot of stuff that still needs to be connected and actually having ubiquitous... The connectivity is, is the commodity, though. I don't think... It is, but there's a massive amount they can extract from data. I mean, at the moment, most yeah, of us are just, just paying for one data connection at the oh, moment. Right, so are we? Right. No, okay. I, I think I might be upping the average uh, slightly. Most people, yeah, most people. Everyone around this table probably has at least two contracts. Am I no, well, no, well, there's a lot of people. I'm on five, I think. Uh, There's a lot of people five, now with my... If you've got a MiFi, you've got an extra... There's a lot of people yeah. with these things now. Yeah, and I think t- tablets, I see... But also, I wonder... The taxi, actually, the local taxi rank... All the taxis all have either MiFi units yeah. with iPads that they're sitting watching, or the iPads typically have SIMs in them. I think the other thing is to say is that YouTube. The, the market's changing as well, isn't it? So we talk about how are operators going to make their money. Well, actually, operators will just probably get rolled into in, into bigger companies that will be part. You know, they'll yeah. be doing making media, they'll be doing fixed line, they'll be doing wireless. Mm-hmm. Ray Bradford's making a face at me, but you know, it's uh, it, consolidation doesn't have to happen automatically. I mean, all these operators. Uh, make quite a bit of money already. I do think there's room for some consolidation, and I think we should be recognising that yeah. they provide a utility. But and the, you know, if you look at other, very bits, useful, yeah. but will 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 those changes that you're talking about increase at the rate that ARPU is decreasing on? Oh, sorry, average revenue per user for the for the non-geek. Yes, uh, I, I think it will simply because yeah. there's going to be more devices. You know, we've only kind of just got started on right. that potential mm-hmm. stuff. I'd, 
I, it's going to require a lot of work because, I mean, voice and text have basically become a commodity now. For the most part, it's unlimited. Back to 4G. We probably should have sorted these questions before we start off, but we'll go on. Jamie Holland asks, 3G speeds are absolutely fit for purpose. I wanted mobile operators to spend their 4G cash on making 3G work on trains or giving better whole country coverage. Does the panel ag- agree? And he, brackets, he says, brackets, OK, some 4G bands will increase rural coverage, but you get the point. So um, where should operators spend their money? I think they should have done both, and they should do both. Uh, I, I want a faster connection, and I want it on a train and everywhere. I think that we need to fix this, the Uber connectivity problem, and I think that's going to be a chink for the operator. Because Wi-Fi is really fixing a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of problems for me. You can actually blame the government for 3G. The cost of the licences in the UK basically yeah, covered yeah. it. So no, they should spend it on 4G, spend it on the most recent technology. 4G is better. And once you start using it, it is a bit of a revelation in terms of speed. Ewan's already talked about that. I think also you have to look at the, the technology. Uh, what's mentioned in the question, you know, the particularly the 850 uh, band, great for rural coverage, mm. and some of the higher frequencies, I think it's 2400, 2600, good for indoor coverage. And so in general... 4G, you can spend less money and get better coverage, and so that's the way to go. Uh, is it? Do you think it's fair to say that if there's an area with poor coverage, that that's because it's not worth the operator's time investing there now? It's not because they ran out of money and would love to, you know, would love to invest more. Oh, a lot of it's NIMBY as well, not in my backyard. Yeah, there's a, there's a massive problem issue with that. in this country. I mean, my local mast, they were turned down from doing a, a joint uh, mast because planning permission it's ridiculous because actually having a joint master the bland for the state refused it no no different to (laughs) no different to the other one um and i think but i think you're right ben for a lot of it it's not economically feasible to do so although having said that some of the 3g deployment plans are still in effect in the sense there are still sales that are being switched over to 3g even now yeah so but for when when we talk about the obligation i think it's o2 it's 98 percent 4g they're going to reach that pretty quickly. So I think I think the issue of coverage is going to definitely get better in the next few years. Um, what about op- trains? Faraday cage, it's, it's tricky to do well. Surely, surely trains is about working with operators to put in services inside the train rather than yeah, trying well, to get it, general coverage. Oh, I did a post it, on this the other it, week. If they can't get the flipping phones to work as tickets... Yeah. I still have to buy a paper ticket every day. And that is a, a that is a, um, a rabbit hole that we are not going to go down. Yeah. So uh, we will... We should just say on trains, there's a particular issue that there's also wireless networks running the trains. It's all the automation systems, for example, on Crossrail. It's not just about being underground. It's the fact there's electricity cables overhead generating massive magnetic fields. So the engineering difficulties in getting a reliable signal onto a railway is actually a lot harder than most people appreciate. Yeah, the other physics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a W sign yeah, at yeah. Blandford, whatever. Okay, next question from Gareth Evans. Um, what effect will Microsoft acquisition of Nokia have on Apple, Google and BlackBerry? Now, we talked about that in a we talked about the Nokia acquisition in a previous episode. So let's focus just on the Apple, Google and BlackBerry. And I want to go first. BlackBerry are so toast, it's not even funny. Um, we, we we know that they're up for sale and we know that they're up for sale quickly but I think the the fact that they haven't already sold the fact that Microsoft have made their move it seems uh, that, that BlackBerry's days are properly numbered now Yeah, I can't disagree with that someone will buy them maybe for the brand and maybe for the patents but it will sort of dissolve away there's still uh, a I'm very disappointed to, to be agreeing with, uh, agreeing with you, there is still value. Uh, don't forget in the fact that um, for my consulting role on a daily basis, I carry a BlackBerry. 
Right, I, just, I have to. And there's thousands and thousands of employees in the organisation that I'm working all carry a BlackBerry. I think soon they're going to be start, start giving out BlackBerry curves and playbooks to old people to burn as fuel in the winter, to be honest. That's, the, uh, that's where the value <laughs> but I, I still, I, I do think there is a potential for a limited market. I mean, I, it's going to take quite a bit for these big organisations to move. I, I th- is it I, economically sustainable at that size, though? Yeah. Probably not. That, that's, that's a challenge. There's going to be some support organisation that hangs around and services yeah. all these enterprise yeah. customers. <laughs> Apple and Google, um, my view, actually in the immediate future, not very much at all because they're going to carry on doing what they're doing, keeping the share they've got, having have the customers that they've got, whilst Microsoft busily tries to steal share back from them. Um, I suppose Google maybe has a different play now to defend against Nokia and Microsoft kind of as a dysfunctional pair rather than Microsoft on its own. Yeah, but well, They're going to be pleased that there's going to be a year of integration woes going on at Nokia and Microsoft, which arguably gives them a, a, a little bit more time I think, though, that Google will be going, hold on a minute, uh, we've got to think about what all our partners are going to do. And it's actually yeah. for them, it's a Samsung question. And it's Samsung going, well, we've just seen this happen to Nokia. What are we going to do? And I think Samsung is all about doing their own software. And that's the thing that Google will be looking at. Mm. For, for w- Apple, Wasn't that going to happen anyway, though? I mean, that's, that's a problem, but not one that's changed because of... I, I think maybe it's becoming into, into focus a little more, happen a little bit more quickly. But no, yeah. you're right. It was going to happen anyway. And Apple, pretty much like the rest of the time, don't really care what anyone else is doing. That's not true. They're doing the 5C because of the cheap devices. Mm. But ultimately, they'll probably see this uh, Nokia thing as a good thing because it's going to result in higher costs for other manufacturers because the patent portfolio that Nokia has mm. is going to be more aggressively pursued and Nokia and Apple have already signed a deal. Will, so that's going to cost most other manufacturers 5 to $10 a handset, probably. Will, do you think that um, Apple and Google will have more immediate access to Nokia's patents and perhaps be in a better position by being able to license things that they would have had to pay money to develop otherwise? I, I, I don't think it's necessarily money about uh, for or at least developing. It's the necessary it. I think thing actually it's a necessary thing from the legal point yeah, of view. And yeah. Nokia has been relatively conservative with its patent portfolio in that it's been quite permissive in licensing and it hasn't been particularly aggressive in pricing. I think it probably will be more so now. Okay, let, let's keep motoring along. Paul Stevenson asks: Do you think people will lose their emotional connection with Nokia following the sale and switch OS? Ooh, um, nice one, Paul. Again, yeah. uh, we, you know, we talked we talked extensively about um, Nokia in previous episodes, but let's just let's just skate over the emotional side. Yes, I I will Definitely. because I have a great fondness for Nokia despite all their problems and missteps, and I really don't actually like Microsoft. I can't tell you rationally why. They're just yeah. a company that sell a product. Mm. But I don't have... I suppose maybe I kind of I have nostalgia for Nokia products. I remember all the good ones in the past and how much I like them. And you know, I suppose we as, as bloggers and techies have had interactions with them, and you you see yeah. the people behind the products. And and for me, that plays a big part in believing in them as well. So yes, I I do. Um, I don't know whether that that last part would play in in the mass market though. I don't know if yeah, it, that, that's a tricky question. I mean, I think all of us around here have an affection for Nokia. Anyone who's over thirty has probably owned a Nokia at some point. Thing is, uh, during during the week on some. BBC news coverage, was mainstream news coverage, they went out and asked people on the street through the Vox Pop, and most people equated Nokia with the old sort of candy bar phones and were yeah. very dismissive of them as being obsolete um, and, and undesirable, the, and the nostalgia well, wasn't there at all. That's yeah. the point I was going to make. I think it's actually in emerging markets where the Nokia brand is strong, and actually the Microsoft brand is pretty strong there because it hasn't been damaged in the same way that it has in the West. Ultimately, you, you want to go people are going to be entirely rational about it it's the same device the same platform but 
I, I honestly think there will be a certain amount of, you know, it's not a Nokia. Leakage. And, you know, it depends very much what Microsoft do with the branding. If they're smart, they'll call it something like Lumia and they won't necessarily stick Microsoft logo on it. And, and hopefully they will um, leave, leave that team intact that did all the good stuff around the brand and the build and the desirable bits yeah. um, and take some advice from Nokia's engineers about how the OS needs to be yeah. improved so that, so that those of us who have the affection for it could it, still see the, uh, the, the identity there. Yeah. If the yeah. product's strong, people will buy it. And it will build up its own reputation. But I think part of the, it's not going to be a Nokia, there's that concern that somehow that culture, that feel of it being a great device will go away and we'll have to wait and see. Okay, moving on. Um, Andrew at F-Stopped. Oh, there we go. And my cousin, in fact. There you go. Hello, Andrew. Um, asks, wait a minute. Yeah. How come he's getting in? Because well, he asked a question on Twitter, uh, at 361 Podcast. I thought there should. was no friends, family or... That's fine. Thank you, Lloyd. That's fine. No employees of 361 Corporation. Well, indeed. Well, there are fortunately no awards this week. The Ubuntu phone model, all your devices in one, the future of computing, will it catch on at all? Well, now, um, we, were all, we were all at the Ubuntu mm. phone launch, and I pretty much re- I remember seeing um, you and McLeod and, indeed, my own face being heavily edited to say very positive things about the Ubuntu phone. Um, so, my view, no. What a ridiculous uh, proposition to make uh, by the Ubuntu guys. They know better than that. Um, the Motorola Atrix has already failed. The expensive bit is not the expensive bit of the of a, of a device is not the processor and the memory and things. Now, um, there's no reason to make something small and and low powered like a phone in the middle of your ecosystem. Humph. There you go. I, th- I actually think it's now got to the point where somebody needs to sit these firms down and say stop it because it's been demonstrated to be a bad idea. Let me just weigh in by saying I like innovation. I like new thinking. I was really impressed at seeing... Well, I like those things too. I'm just averse to stupid people. Well, I, I really liked seeing the demo on that, uh, on that day. I did a YouTube of, of it, I think, um, where you could see the, the phone was plugged in and running uh, a computer. It was running a desktop experience, plugged into a little USB hub. It was excellent. I, I really liked that. I could potentially, if it, you know, if it involved, see myself using it. But you can sell 100,000 of anything. It's a niche experience. There's too many compromises. Silicon and the hardware is the cheap, but the uh, kind of experience is the bit that's going to be built on. You can't do it in a single device. And what you will... So I think, actually, again, and it pains me to say this, Apple are beginning to show the right model, which is the smartphone becomes the centre of the ecosystem, but it's about, project, it's about projecting content into other yeah, screens absolutely. and about interacting with other environments. So... There is no one device. It's the cloud connection to multiple devices. Exactly. So, for example, um, iOS in the car, about enabling, a, in a, yeah. taking over the yeah. car screen, about Apple TV, which is about taking over the TV screen. Yeah. But it's not, about making, it's not about making the processing and the, 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 you know, the display of the handset, effectively making the handset the, the CPU of the PC, as it were, in the old days. Um, so I think, it's a, well, I think it's a good question because I don't understand why someone smart like Mark Shuttleworth would, would, would chase her a vision like that because it seems a bit it seems incredibly short-sighted and i thought the nice people from motorola had already coughed up millions to prove that was a bad idea anyway moving on um uh alexander got asks nokia sold blackberry for sale who's next and where is industry consolidation going well um mm-hmm. Rafe bradford's looking at green well <laughs> blackberry blackberry for sale and almost definitely toast in my view um Actually, I think the next one is going to be some of the some of the startups, some of the hopefuls. So, for example, as we were just saying, Ubuntu, yeah. um, some of the Yola, Yola people yeah, like that, yeah. some of the poorly funded guys. What about Firefox? 
I think Firefox will will go some. Di- I think Firefox it's got multi-year contracts with operators, right? So, it, it has, so they're part of the Firefox Foundation, so yeah. they're not going to go as such. They've got handset. We, we've seen foundations before, though, haven't we? Well, I, I think that the, it, it ha- of all of those startup OSs, it has the most legs and probably right. the most support. Mm. But I don't see it being successful because I don't see what it does that low-end um, Android yeah. won't be it's able not to do. Get, you can buy smartphones at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. And any of the bigger players, what about Sony, what about LG? You'd have to look at HTC as the obvious target at the moment. It's losing money. It's distressing that HTC seemed to be able to do so much right and at the same time screw it up so badly in every other respect. I really like that one. It's difficult, you know, as as someone who likes good hardware to pick out what they're doing wrong. But actually, I think it's more than anything, it's just a question of scale. And it comes down to the fact that smartphone or that technology is consolidating around three big firms and three big platforms and HTC you feel just isn't it's quite a, big is that a game over well, what it, about I, the uh, no, they're, they're going to get bought out by one of the Chinese or the how do, how do we pronounce the 10 billion dollar Xi Xiaomi that's it Xiaomi I, I mean that would be one potential acquirer of HTC I think it actually be one of the Chinese OEMs that's looking to expand internationally and wants a good brand and good design team because also I think HTC maybe Lenovo true I think mm-hmm. also HTC's mm-hmm. woes are not not I mean, they, they have the problem of, of being only a device manufacturer and, and struggling yeah. there, but their, their worries are management. Peter Chu's being, you know, roundly criticised by anyone who moves, and um, three of their executives have just been arrested for trying to steal intellectual property and take it to China to start a, a, a counter, uh, a, a competing company. Um, you know, uh, I forget the guy's name now, but his Audi parked in the HTC car park was stuffed full of crisp dollar bills, you know, because he was flying backwards and forwards to China on a regular basis. So whilst no one's been whilst no one's been convicted it was allegedly all of these things um there's clearly business problems as well as technology and and uh, and um, uh, and software problems but yeah. htc could also said to be a lesson for some of the other up-and-coming companies they you know these companies try and spend a bit more on design or services because that's the way they see to do more revenues and it might be some different business model next time around are then displaced by someone who's able to create the devices more cheaply because yeah. they're starting from scratch and it's you know the Chinese it's Hawaiian Zhi and Xiaomi. Yeah, Xiaomi, I think it is, but I mean I don't take my pronunciation. I, I really hope that those guys who already seem to be amazingly large, I mean almost you know ridiculously huge before they've come out of China and anyone's paid attention. I really hope some of them come out and buy some big Western brands yes. and shake them up. Yeah. What's next? Uh, okay. Have we not got any questions from females? Um, uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, we're, we're well. This this next. I'm just gen- thinking from a diversity standpoint. Well, this next gentleman. Actually, I say gentleman, but there, there are two people in this person's avatar, and there one is male and one is female. All right, okay. And their name is Ashley, but I presume, unfortunately, it's probably a man. L e i g h or L e y. L e y. Ashley Hendrick asks: Is the Lumia 1020 worth a SIM-free purchase, or is waiting for the next MS PureView design tech? Well, given the news, what do you think, Blanford? The 1020 does feel a little bit like a first-generation product because of the silicon, um, and that's seen in the two to three seconds time you have to wait from shot to shot time. But it's still an amazing product and the best camera phone you can buy, and there's always going to be something better coming along. I would say go ahead and buy the 1020, but be aware in a year's time there'll be something else out that will sort of blow your mind. What will that set him back, by? It 
probably about 550 UK. Okay, yeah. I'd say also it depends on what matters because there's the temptation, yes. a lot of people I've been talking to, the temptation is to say, oh, well, I want the best Nokia, like, and I've decided I want a Windows phone, I want the best Nokia um, for now, um, so I'll get the 1020. But actually, the camera on the 925 is amazing, absolutely amazing. It's a brilliant phone. So unless you are super, super, super photography-centric and, you, and you know, if you just want a really, really good camera... Get get the nine two five. The thing to the real question here is actually about the hardware family and the silicon. What's going to come out very shortly is Windows Phone GDR three, which is going to be running the next generation. It's going to be Snapdragon eight hundred rather than the previous generation. Mm. And so, within the next six months, there will be a whole bunch of Windows Phone devices, branded Nokia, Faster Microsoft, or otherwise, yeah. that are going to be on more recent hardware. And there is a good argument to be made. Wait for those. But that's pretty much always the case. Within yeah. 12 months, there's what this are you continuous rocking, replacement the cycle. Uh, I'm on a 925 at the moment. Uh, friend of the show, all about Symbian, all about Windows Phone contributor, and Scottish person, Ewan Spence, uh, asks the team, when will Nokia Brackets Finland release their next smartphone? Um, Ref Blanford Oof. is uh, rolling his eyes, so I'm going to take this. Never. Nokia will never make another smartphone again. That's get, it. Back to wearing the boots. Get over it. It's not as sad as you think. Uh, and they're going to have. They've it. made the money, haven't they? They, they? they are going to be an amazing services company and, and do very clever things, and we're still going to enjoy seeing the stuff that comes out of their labs. But I don't think they'll ever make another smartphone because nothing in what's left of Nokia is capable of making a smartphone. It's a different market now. Without it? handing. Without bringing in a, a manufacturer where all of their advantage would be lost. I wouldn't bet against consumer electronics altogether, but if it happens, it will be the here division doing something clever with location, either in the car or something around that area. And I think potentially the research and development teams, it's advanced technologies, it's kind of all the people working in the NRC labs will produce stuff, but I think it'll end up in other people's hardware. And I mean, if you were a Nokia shareholder and, you know, in six months or a year's time, the the the, head, the new head honcho whose name escapes me escapes Rafe as well. He's um, uh, only a temporary one at the moment. There's okay. going to be a new. Yeah, one. That's why Blindford doesn't bother yeah, with exactly temporary. temporary. But the the new big cheese says, "Hey guys, you know that thing that just Focus really completely took right. off, uh, you know, millions and millions of value and completely uh, completely made our lives miserable for you. I think we might do some more of that. <laughs> I think the old shareholders will say uh, thanks awfully for the opportunity, but no tar. Uh, everyone's thinking about Yola and Nokia mm. doing an Acrohyl taking them over. It, it, it's just not going to happen. Okay, um, David I Jackson. Hope, because otherwise, I look silly. <laughs> well, that's what, what, if, if looking if looking silly was your main worry, well, that's I true. Wouldn't have worn that shirt. Um, <laughs> David Jackson asks, "Where will Samsung be in mobile in five years?" Oh, that's a good one, David. Gosh, Ewan's just put it using his interview technique to propose the question while he whilst he thinks about the answer. I'm busy thinking, David. That's a very good question. Classic media technique. But actually, David, I, I think you're missing. That, that was me just delaying. <laughs> I think uh, five years by well, five years five time years, is, is colossal. I mean, five years time is a lifetime. So frankly, <clears throat> I don't know. Can we competently answer that? Well, we're in the land of absolute pure guesswork. But by that time, mm. I assume. The, the Android situation will have shaken itself out, so we will know the answer to whether or not they, they you know... Is Android going to be the single platform then? Is that it done then? Exactly. We, we'll know what, what Samsung does the to, to get its ecosystem. Yeah. We, we presumably will know whether... I don't they, know if Samsung can do a very good job at that. The whole ecosystem. 
times of being mobile. See, the thing is, in five years' time, think about where other where other yeah, where were we five, five years, years ago? I think we could be sitting right. Well, for, for a start, we probably will all be in a nursing home somewhere. But um, the uh, well, Rafe won't be. Myself and you will be. Yeah. Um, uh, I think we could be talking about Samsung's wobble. You know that that they are they're struggling. That, yeah. that But it's the, the Rafe Rafe Blanford six year rule. You know exactly. That, we've got a Samsung baby unit, baby monitor. It just doesn't speak to anything. Now, I know that Samsung are working hard to try and change this, but their ecosystem just isn't, it doesn't, nothing talks to each other. Maybe with a few exceptions at the moment, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they get the insight that's required. What, surely in five years' time, there will be a Chinese Samsung able to do all the things that Samsung Mm. can do, and that will be making them look expensive. Uh, you know, being with the Korean manufacturing and everything, and unless of course we have a completely, you know, leveraged Samsung that comes and say, right, okay, the whole th- we're going to make everything work beautifully. Yeah, I mean, they've got the potential. They've yeah. got all the blocks in place, and they do have the big advantage. They make their own components and all of that. The stuff we're familiar with. It's a big conglomerate, basically. If you're just looking at mobile, five years time, you look back five years, we're talking iPhone and Android just starting to happen. Mm. Look forward five years. You assume the pace of change will accelerate. I think they will probably be, as Ben says, facing a wobble or in mid-wobble because they'll be being threatened um, from very tight integrated design uh, from Google and some new partner. It might be Motorola, it might be someone else. And by that time, Microsoft will, if they complete their transition to becoming device and service company, will start to have a very interesting set of assets on the software and services side which Samsung doesn't really have because Samsung's all will about s- hardware will Samsung and so it's going to sell be, their device division who knows I mean I think it will be coming that full cycle that we've had you know everyone started to say hardware was irrelevant and it's mm-hmm. all going to be about shipping boxes but then suddenly actually re- people realized that intersection between software and services on mobile phone hardware w- was tricky I think that same thing will be repeating and because Samsung is such a heavy hardware company that might be the issue yeah okay uh we're going to keep motoring because we are running very short on time jim hughes asks was kitkat such a smart choice of name by google um no i think it creates a confusing association that no one will, will care about <laughs> was there a deal had here no apparently there was no money changed hands it was just a tie-up possibly suggested by nestle apparently right. um just for fun you know. the, the google team actually cold called <clears throat> Oh, um, it was good. Nestle's uh, marketing agency, and they decided in 24 hours later on a conference call, yes, this would be a fantastic idea. No money changing, but I, I'm with Ben here. I think it's one of those ideas that sounds very good idea uh, on paper, but then you start thinking about it and go, there's all sorts of kind of complications. Why? Not what's, to mention the fact that? that Nestle isn't the world's favourite company. Oh, there's, come on. There's, there's a bit of a PR nightmare waiting to happen there. The people who are not familiar do what Google should have done. Um, and Google Nestle and Good, have a look yeah. at uh, baby milk and stuff like that. It, it, Nestle has some serious, some serious ethical problems out there, and uh, so there's a, a number of people who'll be quite upset by that. But also, why, 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 tr- why, tri- why trivialise something that's that's pro- that's techy and serious? You know, this is not. Why, something- why is it serious? Well, because because the only people who care about the these tiny little uh, yeah. increments are the tech industry. And therefore, it doesn't really matter. So uh, basically, the, that video that they produced. Which I thought thought was quite semi. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it and smiled. I I think this will go down as as just doesn't matter, does it? Uh, it's pretty irrelevant. It's in just, all honesty, it's just naff. I just oh, think it's bad you, taste. Dear me, you guys aren't 
What happened to you? Where's your, your sense of fun? Well, the big a problem, serious, the, the, serious. The, the, the big problem is that Hershey make Kit Kats in the States and right. they're not proper Kit Kats. There we go. So yeah, that is annoying. Yeah. Twixies. Mm. Um, okay. Um, the Micro Bins says, um, it doesn't actually ask a question. It goes, the the Micro At the Micro Bins issues us a command. Discuss community support for Symbian phones and software. Assume no support from Nokia and Microsoft. Um, we'll keep this short because this is a big topic all in its own right. Yeah, don't let Blanford say anything. Well, I think we should just touch on it briefly. If you own a Symbian handset or if you're in a market where Symbians are still, Symbian is still being sold, how, how screwed are you right now? They're, Out of 10, 10 is really screwed. Um, probably uh, a five. Oh, I mean, come on. Nokia are legally obliged to you know, guarantee the warranties and the support Ugh. period. But Look, what will happen is... At the height of the market, you couldn't get a flipping update to your Symbian phone. Yeah, when they guys were making five billion profit a year, the updates are so nothing's changed. Rubbish. Is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah so, so therefore, so there's no difference. Yeah, so therefore, it's not a problem. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is actually a reference to: Is there going to be community ROMs in the same way there is in the Android world? <laughs> and the Once answer to that is no. There's not because the source code isn't available in oh, the same right. way. And um, there we go. Like I say, also probably um, support and enthusiasm from third-party developers now. I mean, if it, it was... It, they're already starting to pull their apps from the Nokia store. There's evidence of that. It's early days, but give it another 12 months, it'll look, look bleaker. Empty. And I think actually the thing that would annoy people is when they break their phones and expect it to get under warranty or something like that, Nokia will say, uh, actually, we don't have any of these devices here. Have a, a Lumia device instead. Yeah. Um, Spen Cross says, will we see a return to keyboarded smartphones? And, um, well, this makes me sad. Please. This makes me sad because I've just got, well, I'm just in the process of getting rid of my Q10, which was my, because oh, yes. I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of the old mm. the old physical keyboards for, for, for the business of doing proper busy work. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it appears that for the foreseeable future, um, they are they are gone. And I, I, just, put, I really hate this market, this, the, the argument that the market doesn't want it. You know, the, mar- the market doesn't want a QWERTY handset. I mean, I, I says who? I, I, if you make a decent one, I'll buy it. The sales numbers. I mean, it, yeah, you no, no, the sale, that's, that's not of a decent handset. You that, can't that, buy what's not there, though. Can yeah. You? Well, that's true. But you look at it and you go, "There's a market for everything." Oh, I love those but communicators. It, but it's not a big that's enough not market. Communicators. I think the more interesting part of that is: is there going to be more innovation in input? And if you look at the Galaxy S Note three that was just announced, mm. they've gone down a lot more the stylus route. Yeah. And if you said to me, yeah. even a couple of years ago, are we going to get back to the point where styluses are being used for inputs, as they were on PDAs? Well, we weren't allowed because Steve Jobs didn't allow it. I, I would have laughed in your face because yeah. styluses were just not elegant. But well, technically, if I was standing up, you'd have laughed into sort of the middle of my chest cavity. Well, uh, but, thank yeah. you, Ben. Okay. But obviously, styluses died and now have come back. Dying. So never say never. There's yeah. some chance that something clever would happen with keyboards. Would it be some kind of projection? And actually look at the Microsoft Surface. Uh, although a lot of people don't like it, that touch cover, type cover, was very clever. It's not impossible yeah. to see that sort of thing happening. I guess the the thing that I'm disappointed as well is I, I've, I've for briefly for a while hoped that there would be a resurgence of um, physical keyboards on Android devices, yeah. but now increasingly the, the the powerhouses of Android are coming out of, of China and places like that. They're not countries that will use standard, you know, kind of Western style no, keyboards. Yeah. So that feels like a full on hope. I mean, I oh. suppose I wonder actually if if the S Pen isn't born out of the fact that 
I forget the name of the script, but Korean script requires you to do pen in, pen entry. So it's, a, it's interesting for a, from a local localization point of view. Uh, I think there's probably a, a lot to that. Culturally, I mean, anyway. Yeah. The, the problem with the keyboard takes up too much space on the device. It's too much of a sacrifice. So no, I don't mm. see it coming back. A few, a few, a few final frivolous ones. All right, <coughs> frivolous ones. And, fi- and finally, brace yourselves. Uh, jo- Joseph Allen, who, who, who asked us the uh, the question about Ireland earlier, says, "How did the poster boys of mobile techery meet?" Ooh, do you want to ask me? Yeah. Do you want to ask? Do you want to answer this question? Uh, right. Okay. I uh, I met. I physically met Ben when he emailed me via the blog, uh, no, by mobile S- industry review. No SMS text. Oh, SMS news, text news at that then. point. Um, to he he'd done. I think he'd done a few posts for me that had published very very good ones, and I think I said, "Look, do you want to review this handset?" I think it was a Nokia E. 61, it was a keyboard version, actually, funnily enough. Something like that, wasn't it? I think it was, or it might have been something. And I said, here, and I met Ben to to give you the handset, to give it. Yeah, actually, I think it was a, I think it was a a 3X series uh, in 73. Yes, that's right, yes. It was testing the X series. Oh, yeah, exactly, their unlimited data stuff, yeah. yeah. If you're you're outside the UK, X series was one of of the first kind of very high volume 3G data products from Mm. from the the, the underdog player in the UK. Do you remember where we met? In the street near my it, office. Uh, what's the name of the street? Oh, I don't remember. Euston Road. Euston Road, there we go. By Church Way. There we go. Across from Euston Station. Did you, did you write this in your book? Yes, I, it's, I, I met a special man today. We'll, we'll be publishing that shortly. There we go. Um, how did I meet Blanford? I don't know if I can precisely remember exactly where I met Ray. Shocking. Shocking, I, well, I can. No, I want to... All right, you tell it then. I don't. Well, I, I, I want, want to, to say Nokia. Nokia World. Is it it was in Amsterdam. I uh, embarrassed the hell out of Blanford. And uh, I was sitting next to you, and, and we sort of finally met because we and exchanged Carlos. email and things. And yeah, yeah Carl Longino, yeah. uh, a good friend of the show. And uh, you and asked the question, "What handset are you carrying?" And back then, to the chief exec to, of to, Nokia. Uh, I think it was your Olia then. Um, no, it was uh, OPK. It was OPK, was it? And. Uh, it was very unusual to have that question asked. Did These that, days, that it's not that us. unusual. Did that bond us, uh, And it bonded us. And uh, I'm yeah. sure Ben can st- tell the story of when he met me because yeah. I can't actually remember. T- to be honest, Rafe, I don't feel like there was ever a time Oof. where I didn't know oh, you. Oh, I thought oh, that was going to be the other way. Well, we've definitely... Come on, where did you meet? Well, we definitely met through Ewan back in the days when I was writing for him, probably at some event. Maybe a drink? SMS tech? The Unlimited Drinks, maybe? May well it may be an Unlimited Drinks, although Blan- Blanford wasn't a great, com- a great consumer of the Unlimited Drinks. I think it was probably either a Nokia World or more likely um, a Mobile World Congress actually I think it might have been when we were filming and we were harassing we used to harass Blanford like no tomorrow I I actually used to I used to to talk directly to Rafe uh, yeah because you were the interviewer if you have a look listeners there are some great YouTube videos the Mobile News Review show You'll see uh, Ben interviewing Rafe. That was that was when the relationship was just beginning. There we go. Happy happy memories. Good question, that man. Many, many moons ago. I doubt anybody really cares, but it, has, bet, it yeah. has been a fun couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, and finally, um, Shibesh Morota, um, I hope I got that right, uh, says, um, please, uh, how many of you can dance and how soon can we see a video of that? Well, Shibesh, none of us and never. There you no, go. wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to dance. I'm going to okay. dance. Hold on. Uh, this will annoy the hell out of Ben. And I have to say, I've I've seen Ben do a fabulous waltz as well. Well, there we go. And uh, uh, Ewan was do seen trance. doing a, a very trance? good bop. Yeah. One, two. Oh, jeez. Right, one, that's um, seven, Ewan McLeod is twerking eight, in the side corner of the office. And I think that is it. I, I have one Ewan's final one. Ewan's got a um, mysterious past in it, nightclubs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And uh, actually, Ewan, if you could just stand up for me, please, if you could wander around this side of the yes, table. Yes, yeah, hold on a minute. I'm with my... Uh, 
I've got I've got everything here. There we go. There goes. Oh gosh, it's not being in a studio. And uh, f- last and finally, Joseph. Watch Fallon. that bottle. Oh, Watch there we that go. bottle. Watch the wolf spillage. Joseph, what have I got to do? Uh, please, could someone give Rafe Blanford a hug from the business, please? <laughs> stand up, Blanford. Stand up. So this is actually literally. Stand up. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, big one, big one. No, that was. So I use both hands. Nice, thank you. There you go. I think we all feel. Um, slightly I feel fun. much better. That, that was that was from the listeners. From the listeners. So um, well, why were we doing that? By the way? Well, I, I just think it's just a sign of affection. There's been great, great affection for Rafe Blanford and, yes. a, and an outpouring of grief considering his his recent loss. Um, <laughs> Okay, so that is the end. That is the end of the episode. Uh, we have I'm run very, we've run cat. very long, but thank you very much for listening. Worth if, it. if you have been, uh, thank you to everyone who submitted questions, and indeed everyone who got involved in the discussions around them as well. We have really appreciated all the feedback and generous words during season five, and we hugely enjoy making the show. It is, uh, it is much more rewarding when we hear from uh, people. It really makes it feel worth it. Uh, you know, considering the multi-million pound sponsorship deals we don't yet have. But anyway, more, 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 on more that, on that so, next more season. On that soon. Uh, we Coming are going from LA. We are going away for a few weeks to have uh, a little more. Summer. But that doesn't mean like four quarters, though, does it? No, it doesn't. It, no, it doesn't. We're going away for a few for, weeks uh, this time. We're yeah. going away for a few weeks whilst Rafe Lanford goes back to regenerate, and uh, we will be back with season six soon. Uh, please stay in touch with us. You can uh, listen to all the back episodes on three six one podcast.com You can talk to us continually on at three six one podcast on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. I suspect if you just go there and type three six one podcast it will come up um, if you must use Google Plus then we are there but please don't don't encourage them and you can also e- email us if you'd like to at inquiries at 361podcast.com because mm. it's jolly nice to get emails and some of you do on a regular basis um, yeah. next season we'll be back we'll be updating the website slightly we'll be incl- mm-hmm. we'll be updating the show notes there you go I've got big plans for that and we'll, also, we'll also be sorting out the comments because lots of people have said that they're not sure where to comment yeah that SoundCloud thing I, I don't yeah so you can frankly you, you can comment anywhere but lots of people would like one place to comment so we will get that all soon discussion forum maybe discussion. well just we will have comments okay there we go let's not go no more than that right. if you've been listening all the way through this uh, we're very sorry thank you very much for your time it's been huge fun and we'll see you for season six very very soon bye bye